Requesting connection. Established. Encrypted. We're live. The show you've been asking for. Advice, technology, and community. Linux first, all others second. This is Ask Noah. Hey, it's Chad from upstate New York calling to wish the Ask Noah show a happy one-year anniversary. Here's the many more years of serving the Jupiter Broadcasting community with great information and how-tos about Linux. Hey, Noah, this is Chris DeLuca from West Virginia wanting to wish you and all of the Ask Noah show team a happy one-year anniversary. Thank you for all you guys did. Congratulations on the one-year celebration of the Ask Noah show. It's a huge show, a wonderful show. Okay, the best show. The most fantastic podcast in the world, okay? Believe me, that's true. I know so many podcasts, okay? The best podcast. But this one is the most fantastic podcast the world has ever seen, okay? Believe me. You did it, Brown Bear. You've made it a year. Now, you're just really getting started. Congratulations. Congratulations on one year of the Ask Noah show. My name is Raymond, and I've been working with Noah to create a music band that represents a show. It was an amazing opportunity that allowed me to go back to my musical roots and record some heavy guitars. I hope you like the music. If you need music for your projects, don't hesitate to send me a message on RaymondBeefting.com. R-A-M-O-N-B-O-E-F-T-I-N-K.com. And again, Noah, congratulations on one year of the Ask Noah show. Live from Woodbury, Minnesota, the Ask Noah show starts right now. This is the show where we came to do all the things on Linux they said we couldn't do. And take your questions on how to do the same. You can join us this hour with a free call to 1-855-450-NOAH. That's 1-855-450-6624. Or send an email to live at asknoahshow.com. My name is Noah Chalaya, your host. Delighted to be here with you this evening as we kick off yet another episode of the Ask Noah Show. Again, live from the Tamarack... What is this place called? Tamarack Tap Room in uh, in Woodbury, Minnesota, and I'm joined with a bunch of fine folks that came out to, to watch the show live and to hang out. And uh, of course, it didn't take very long—just a couple of minutes before uh, the the nerd the nerd fest started. In fact, I was we were sitting out. We got here, and they said, "I said uh, we're gonna we need a table for this many people." And they said, "Well, we can't give you a table until." Until there's uh, until you have at least half of your party here, and I said okay. Well, we'll just wait. So I was hanging out with uh, uh, with uh, with Bitmux in the uh, in the Ask Noah Telegram group. Welcome to the Ask Noah Show. Well, good evening. I wasn't expecting to just jump right on, but hey, here hey, we are. You know what? That's what the headset was there for. Well, it's <laughs> so, that's what it's for. As it turns out, I, yeah, I guess I picked it up. So yeah, he. Uh, so we're, we're we're sitting out there. We're talking, and um, we shook hands. We met. So we you know we we knew each other that way, and then I think. It was was it was it thirty seconds before the laptops came out? I believe so. A- yes, about, about that. 30. Maybe maybe a little under that. Even I think you beat me too. <laughs> so we sat down. We had our laptops up. Now I noticed you're running uh, you're running Neon or you're running uh, KDE of some sort. Yep, that's correct. I'm running KDE over uh, Antargos. 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 Yes. Do you know that you know I get I get uh, I get crap for that on YouTube. <laughs> they, they, so 
I said that. I said Antargos. And they, for years, Chris used to pronounce it Antargos. No, yeah. No, no, no. And Antargos? Was it? Antargos. With the that's extra what it R? was. Yeah, that's yeah. right. The, the R was after. Antargos. That's what he would say. <clears throat> and, you know, the thing is, and we joke about this off air all the time, but, you know, when, when, you work in, when you work in media and you read all of these names, you're the first person to ever say it a lot of the time. So these yahoos <laughs> that are giving you a hard time have never actually had to say the name, and if they had have, have, had to have to say the name, they've never done it on air before. And so a lot of the people that, that come out to critique you are in the know. What the reality is like 90% of the people that have ever seen that name have no idea how to pronounce it. And so after he got all of this, uh, took all of this uh, crap for doing that, I went back and I was like, well, let's look at how to actually pronounce this name. And so I looked into it, and it uh, and it's, oh, it's a Spanish name. So it's, you know, you roll the R and whatever. So I start sounding it out, and I'm like, okay, I'll br- put on my best Spanish accent, then Targos. And, uh, and so I said that on the air, and a couple people are like, that's funny, I, he, at least he got the R in the right place. But lately, somebody's like, yeah, he drug out rolling that R way too long. And now I'm getting crap for that. <laughs> and and so now I just do it to you, <laughs> to you take people. It's pretty ridiculous. Let's just mangle a bunch of them and see what we get on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Well, I fun. did that for a while. I started I started rotating the pronunciation of a uh, of Ubuntu uh, towards the end of last. And every time I'd say it, somebody would they'd correct me. This so is I, the stuff they don't tell you about radio shows. No, right? no, not at all. So they so they, they would say I would, so I just started saying Ubuntu and then Ubuntu and Ubuntu and I just changed it out to see who I could irritate that week. But so yeah, so okay, so you've uh, so and and Nia, how long have you been on KDE? Uh probably about six months now. Um, okay. I switched to it because I wanted to try out the, the eye candy, the new shiny. Sure. Um, and I've stuck with it because it's just been so stable um, for what I need it to do. And I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely not asking a whole lot of it. I'm not doing too much for gaming. Um, I do some stuff with dark tables, some browsing, some okay. email, your typical sort of computer usage. Sure. Uh, but it's been very smooth. I am running it with a bit of a graphics card on my desktop at home. Okay. Um, in addition, on my laptop, it's with, without a dedicated graphics card. It's been running just fine uh, for what I need. Uh, I don't. I, I'm usually one to go with functionality over form. I sure. usually like to go with the fastest available. Okay. Um, but KDE has been just fine. I don't feel like it's that heavy. Yeah, and I was I stayed away from it for a long time because originally KDE before Plasma came out was eh, not so great. Sure, and I switched to it. Uh, wanted to give it a try. Stuck it in a virtual machine. Did the whole you know test drive thing, and I thought, well, this looks pretty nice. Um, so I'd like to try it with some hardware. Threw it on my machines. I haven't looked back since. Um, and everything has been great except when I updated uh, Antargos, it. Uh, wiped my printer config, and I have no idea whether that was KDE or... <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I've never found KDE to be... I wouldn't have I've ever described it as heavy, but what I would have said is that there are a lot of... Uh, there are a lot of things under the hood that you can tweak, and that and that, and that that can be really daunting. Like, I would never wish KDE on a new user, to be honest no, with you. No, no. Like, I, was, I, was, I had a good friend of mine. He was... Uh, I put him on Ubuntu Mate, and uh, and he was asking about the uh, the config for the uh, for the um, mouse, and he wanted to make it more sensitive. And uh, we found it, but it wasn't nearly to his liking. And I sent yeah. him the the same config in the um, in the in the neo in the um, plasma config. It's like there's 15 different options. Absolutely yep. nuts. Yep. So more to come from Bitmux as uh, as the as the show goes on. I want to hear more about. I want to talk about your that laptop and the keyboard that we were talking about. <clears throat> We've got another gentleman. I was talking about low voltage. I want to get him on. We're going to have a conversation about low voltage structured wiring and what you can expect from support. And of course, if you want to join the program, the phone lines are open. one 855 That's 855-450-6624. The email live at asknoahshow.com. And I'm <laughs> getting a message. 
message from my producer. We uh, we uh, we we had a, a team meeting as we were discussing doing the new intro and things that we want to change. And I'm not supposed to say the phone number. It's, I guess it's too long if I say one eight five five four five zero Noah. That's one eight five five four five zero six. That's too long apparently. I'm supposed to say one eight fifty five four fifty Noah the first time. <laughs> he made sure to yell at me the very first time I got that wrong. Oh, Patrick is calling. Hey, Patrick, welcome to the Ask Noah Show. Oh, I got to put you on the air though. Hey, Patrick, welcome to the Ask Noah Show. Hi, Noah. It's actually Ben again. Hey, Ben. How can I help? Hi, Noah. Dude, ugh. you would not believe what's going on. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. That's that doesn't sound promising. Uh, you had you you had success for a while. Uh, Things were working. What happened? Well, my MacBook. Uh, I put Ubuntu on it. That wasn't a problem. But um, I'm right now in, of all things, LFS, and there's one quirk. Okay. Um, it's the GUI. Okay. The GUI, um, the smallest thing that I could get up on this beast of an OS was XFC because GNOME was heavy to install. I mean, there, there was a billion different steps you needed to install just to get GNOME okay. installed. And I'm like, okay, that's not going to happen. And XFC okay. and KDE, oh, I mean, KDE was going to take hours to install on a source-based mm -hmm. OS like that. Then, okay, so then I opted for XFCE because it was the second smallest next to LXDE. Mm -hmm. And LXDE, I hate to say, has the worst theming option of any Linux I've ever seen. I well, it is a light. It is so a lightweight than Linux desktop. It's not really meant to look pretty. Right. I mean, it's not my cup of tea. I've tried it. It's not worth it. And XFC scales okay on this Mac, but mm -hmm. it just doesn't have proper Mac support. So I'm like, okay. Okay. And I got the base of Mate installed. But the big problem I'm having is Mate is a fork of GNOME 2, as you know. So it's also kind of heavy, and it takes forever to build anything on that. Okay. So mm -hmm. I'm like, well, the problem I'm having is I want to find... Well, I'm using the NVIDIA proprietary driver on LSS. That's not a problem. I got that working. Right. But um, I've also got the Intel installed, so those are fine. But my concern is this scaling crap with XFC, it's like, what the heck am I going to do? Because, you know, I went into the settings, I set a custom DPI setting, blah, blah, blah. But the only downside. So let me is, let, let me ask you this. Let me just, let me just let me ask you this. Here's what I'm confused about. So I remember when you called the program before, yeah. we talked about some different desktop options, and I remember talking about the DPI scaling issue yeah. before. And uh, like I said last time, like I mean, you really want to be on a on a desktop that is aware of high DPI monitors and and has features right, and configuration that can take right. advantage of that. So I mean, that really uh, leaves you with GNOME yeah, or know. you know or or Plasma. Yeah. Right. And I don't mind building KDE on this, but um, it's just okay. Well, how, how about this? How, how about this first? How about this for another option? What about Ubuntu? Like, what about Ubuntu Mate? Because I, I, I you know, Martin Whippers well, is doing some um, really great I things, and I know that he's Mate, really working hard problem. to get Ubuntu Mate working with high DPI. Well, I've built. Here's the thing: I've built Mate on my LFS, but the Mate extras is the confusing part because I don't know if I need all that or not. That's what I'm curious about, because 
I mean, there's so much in that list that it's like, oh my god. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's. What are you, are you worried about? List storage like, space or? No, it's that the GUI itself. I'm not sure if it's going to work right without those extra packages. That's what I'm worried about because that's what I'm I saying. What I'm, what I'm saying is, what's the concern guy? with the extra packages? Are you are you just worried about space? You're worried about storage. I'm not worried about space. I'm worried if it's going to load or not. That's what I'm worried about. Okay. I mean, you know, Mate, it's just, you know, I'm not really sure exactly if Mate needs those things. I'm actually going to log out of XSE and just see if it even opens up. But, uh, you know, like, okay. I, like you said, XSE is probably the worst option, as Chris, I'm sure, would say, for, uh, you know, a GUI for yeah. a high-DPI computer. And to no surprise, Mate is not loading. Great. Okay, well, but, I yeah, guess I what I would do... What, yeah, what I would do yeah. at this point, Ben, because I don't think you're, I, I don't think you're going to be happy staying on uh, XFC. I just don't see that being a, a long-term solution for you. I also don't think it's really meant for for a high DPI display. So, I mean, if you if you can if you can go to you know Plasma, that would be an option. If you can go to GNOME, I think that would be an option too. Um, uh, looks like we might have some advice here from the uh, from the community table. My my only thought is that um, if you're concerned about lightweight Ubuntu Mate is is also the name of springs to my mind. Right. Um, and I don't know for sure about the building process. That's not something I have ever done, so mm -hmm. can't advise you there. But the, the hey, overall uh, speed of operation, if you can get it to run, mm -hmm. is going to be the Ubuntu Mate. And unfortunately, I, I'm no expert as far as the installation of on. And, and this is on a MacBook. Right. Uh, is that correct? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I eh, can't help you there. Sorry. Yeah, and the you know the thing is too is chat room is uh, is is talking about this too, and they're saying you know is 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 Ubuntu Mate actually ready for high DPI? I don't know if it's if it's ready yet. I just know that when we were at the Ubuntu Sprint and I was talking to to Wimpy about it, he was saying that high DPI is definitely something that the Ubuntu Mate project is aware of. So that that's really the best advice I have for you, Ben. And I'm I'm sorry that we're I can't uh, I can't give you you know more in depth help in a in a five minute radio call, but um, uh, you know, Ubuntu Mate is probably your best option given what you're trying to accomplish and given how lightweight you want to go. Although, you know, if I had, if I remember right, you have like a 2013 or 2014 MacBook, something like that. I would not be, I would not hesitate whatsoever to run GNOME or Plasma on that thing. I, I think it's going to run just fine. Uh, either one of those would run. Our slightly sideways comments, okay. Yeah, I actually I had a feeling this was going to transition into to, into something else. Okay, and I mean I mean no offense, of course. Now that we've tr uh, attempted to give a little bit of advice, um, my other thought is eBay it and grab a ThinkPad, but that may not so be the right option. So let's so let's talk about that because I was saying you know I didn't think uh, I didn't think uh, you you can come on in you can come on in don't worry about it no worries. Um, we were talking about. Uh, when when we were sitting out in the lobby, we we're talking about ThinkPads, and um, and you have a T410, and I was in love. I'm still in love with my T420. I sleep with it every night. It stays in the pillow. It's now not my main laptop anymore, but I still hug it a lot. And um, one of the things that you and I were talking about is it is designed from the ground up to be a power user's computer like the way the keyboard is laid out the way the functionality is it's not designed to look pretty it's not designed to act pretty it's just designed to be functional and useful and when thinkpad somewhere along the line lenovo had this idiotic idea that they were going to redesign the thinkpads to be more like macbooks and i got news for you I got, i'm sitting in front of a what is it x270 this thing is not 
impressing any Apple users. There's no Apple user in the world that is trading their MacBook Pro and buying one of these. It ain't happening. For the black brick. No, no way. I mean, this is, I mean, there's just, no, just, it's ridiculous. And so, but yet, they have gotten rid of the useful keyboard and gone to this chiclet style, uh, you know, crappy knockoff that have all these function buttons, uh, ganged up together. I was, I was explaining to, to him this. You guys that are, are here in person can see this, but, you know, the, the, the people who are listening they have to use their imagination. Up in this top row here, they've got all these function keys. So this doubles as my mute button. This doubles as my volume key. It's a very Mac-esque thing to do, right? The issue is they have gained no usable space by eliminating the dedicated volume controls and stuff that they had here. But they... Uh, so they've gained nothing, but they've cost me a bunch of functionality. And then they doubled up the end and the insert button. Why? Uh, let me let me help you with this. You know what button I use pretty much any time I'm inside of my email editor or in the terminal or in a word processor or pretty much any other application where I'm typing? I'm the, end the end key. Yeah. yeah. You know what key I've never once used on any keyboard ever in my entire life? The insert key. It's just a useless... Never category. intentionally. I don't know who came up with that. I suppose back in the days of typewriters, if you wanted to go back and align a character or something, maybe that was useful. I don't know if like hardcore coders still use it. Maybe. Uh, that's but, like, beyond I me. Mean, so, uh, not to get like too drugged down into the weeds, but like, if you're going to replace the word... like Let's say there's the word um, Lenovo, and I wanted to replace that with, with a, a different brand. Like I either have to... I either have to get the name to match the exact same number of letters up, or I have to use the delete key after I get to the end of the shorter thing, or I have to get to the end and then toggle the insert just, off to insert. The, it just doesn't just make any painful. sense. Yeah. It's just stupid. Again, open phones, one 855 450 The email live at asknoahshow.com. And of course, uh, we are in live in our Mumble room. So if you want to join mumble.jupiterbroadcasting.org, uh, mumble you can join. And uh, we'll take your questions that way and just... Um, I guess ping me in the chat room, but make sure to tag me, uh, Colonel Linux, in the chat room so I can actually see you. Uh, I, we have got a couple, of, a lot of things I want to get to um, this hour as we celebrate the one-year anniversary of the Ask Noah show. But first, I just want to thank some of the people that have made this show possible because they work behind the scenes. You guys hear my voice every week, and you don't know um, some of the people that work in the back background. The first and foremost is uh, owner and operator of Jupiter Broadcasting, Mr. Chris Fisher. And... Uh, a lot of you only see one side of Chris because you see his show side. And what you don't see is the friend side. What you don't see is the mentor side. And um, sometimes that uh, that leads to, uh, to, to a misrepresentation of his character, I think. Uh, but more importantly is I don't think he gets due credit to all of the effort and sacrifices he makes both personally and professionally um, to get you the products that that we have and I I, I don't know how much of the, how much how much of the details I want to go into on the air but suffice to say that um, when we first went on the air one year ago today I called him up and I said Chris I want to start a I want to start a show I want to ask I want to take calling questions I want to take questions from beginners I want to help people that are in the community and I want to do that as a show and um, I don't know how popular it'll be. I don't think it'll bring in any sponsors. I don't think there'll be any money in it. Um, I just want you to take all of your resources and uh, a name that you've worked for 10 years to build up, and I want you to let me do it. And he said, you know what? I, I would love to let you do that. Here's the only issue. <clears throat> I am leaving on a trip to go to Austin, Texas. And uh, I, I apologize for my uh, my stuffy nose. Um, he said, I I'm leaving to go to a trip to Austin, Texas to meet up at Dell. So I'd be happy for you to do that show. It sounds like a great idea, but 
would you be willing to do it maybe after I get back, or maybe we could do it at Linux Fest Northwest, and he gave me like seven different really great options that it would have worked very well for everyone, and I blew them all off and said, no, I, I really want to start April 3rd. And I had my own reasons for doing it, uh, production reasons, as well as uh, as well some, some things I was working on with the radio station, but uh, I s- said, no, I really want to start at April 3rd, and uh, I'll do whatever the, wor- whatever the work I have to do on my own, but um, I just need you to give me your the name of your company and access to all of your infrastructure and uh, oh by the way pay for all of the production around it and uh and and then let me do a show and he said okay uh, <laughs> good luck and if you ask him he'll say that he'll say he the way he tells the stories he says i gave him enough rope to either hang himself or climb somewhere <laughs> So I don't know which one I, i'd like to think i've climbed somewhere in a year but uh just just the other day um i was having a conversation with him and we're at, at jupiter broadcasting brought an impasse and um uh, a, situ- a couple of things have come up, and a situation has come up, and uh, I came to him and I said, "This is where I think the direction of Linux is going, and this is where I think it, this is where I think Linux can benefit the network, and this is why I think the network needs to take this particular risk on Linux, and uh, and and this is what I think uh, you should do." And he said, "You know, I I recognize all of that, but at the same time, like there, every time you want to do something on Linux, you have to understand that if it doesn't work out, it not only cost me money, but it cost me a reputation. And so uh, I really want to, you know, I want to put some thought into it. I want to think about it. I want to make sure I make the right call. And I'm like, yeah, I understand. And uh, he got back to me about two days ago. Uh, and um, well, three days ago, and I believe I've been counting. And, uh, and he said, uh, you know, I, I thought about it. I gave it some, I gave it a lot of thought and you can go ahead and try to do this thing on Linux if you want to. Don't screw up. <laughs> so I went and I, uh, we spent a lot of money and uh, bought a lot of hardware. And so coming, uh, coming soon in the next month or so, we're going to have a really cool project all done in Linux. Uh, largely thanks to, to, to Chris's personal commitment in Linux, but also his personal commitment and belief in this particular show. Um, and so I can't thank him enough or give him enough credit and uh, one of the things that we're excited to to launch as we go into year two of the Ask Noah show is we are going to start doing uh, public speaking. So we're going to be coming out to lo- local universities. We're going to be coming out to uh, your local Linux fests, and we're going to be submitting talks and coming out and talking about some of the really cool things that Jupiter Broadcasting has done over the last 10 years with Linux. And I think it's I think it's something that a lot of people kind of know in the back of their mind, but they don't really understand how committed this organization is to Linux, particularly Linux on the desktop. And so um, what, what we're going to do is we're going to start telling the story of how Jupyter Broadcasting got started. Jupyter Broadcasting actually start, uh, really started out as a Linux distro. We talked about that here on this show uh, a couple months ago. And, and eventually morphed into a podcast network, the most successful Linux podcasting network. And we want to go tell the story of how that happened, what role Linux has played in shaping the network, and how uh, Linux continues to be an asset and, and give us a unique, brand rec- a unique brand perspective that basically no other Linux podcast has and, and there are a lot of them that are doing a really good job. So huge thanks to Chris. Obviously, a huge thanks to my wife. And call screener Sarah. If you call this show, she does a really amazing job of going through, identifying who is calling in, what their questions are. That gives our team a little bit of time to, to do a little bit of prep on them. Also, if you ever hear me say I'm going to put you back on hold and, and somebody will pick up and give your uh, and, and get your information, stuff like that, Sarah's the one that takes care of all that, and she 
compiles that all into a list for me and takes very good care of that, and we really appreciate it. Of course, Ben, our producer, we thank him at the end of every episode, um, but Ben is responsible for, he helps us out with guests, he helps us out with a bunch of in-studio stuff, so huge thanks to him. And uh, even though he's no longer with the network anymore, huge thanks to Rikai, who for the first whole year of the show edited the video aspect and the audio, dealt with all of the uploading, published to the website, fed the little podcast feeders and stuff. So if you downloaded the show, if you didn't listen to it live, you wouldn't be listening to it if it wasn't for Mr. Rikai. And so huge thanks to all of those people who, you know, who really made this show uh, what it is and, and, you know, and, and will continue to be over the, over the next year. Again, open phones, one 855 450 That's 855-450-6624. The email, live at asknoahshow.com. This comes to us from Washington Post. Now, usually I wouldn't take an article from Washington Post, but I feel like this is a public service announcement we have to do on the Ask Noah Show. In case you missed it, condom snorting challenge was a bad idea. Imagine uncoiling a condom, stuffing it in one side of your nose, then plugging the other nostril and inhaling as the long piece of latex slides into your throat. Then what? Well, you reach back in the back of your mouth and retrieve the condom. Good, 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 good job, whoever came up with that. Now, I'm not, I'm not, we try and keep this show pretty family friendly, uh, and so I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't know how much I want to say on this, other than, and I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a sex ed teacher, but if you're putting the condom inside of your nostril and you're, and, and you're, and you're inhaling, you're not using it right. That's not the right way to use the thing. And uh, the reason, you know, why why are you talking about uh, this condom starting nonsense on your, on the Ask Noah show? We're supposed to be talking about Linux. The the ramifications of social media these days, particularly young kids that want to make a name for themselves on YouTube, instead of starting a podcast where we take questions about Linux, they are inhaling condoms in their nose, pulling it out of their mouth. If they don't die, they post the video on YouTube and try to get some likes and subscriptions. And I I, I guess what I want to ask is if anyone out there has some ideas of how we can address, not necessarily the, the condom problem or the Tide Pod Challenge or the Burner Challenge or the whatever the other idiotic thing. You got one? Yeah, go for it, man. Let's see here. I push that button. All right. So uh, I'm actually an educator. I teach science to middle schoolers. Oh, okay. And I'm working towards teaching uh, responsible vlogging. Okay. So that's cool. been a, a personal project of mine for about the last like six months or so. Uh huh. And it takes a lot of scaffolding and a lot of work to really get them to understand like what is okay to share, what is not okay to share. So then, I oh, just have to I just have to reference. We didn't talk about this at all, because this is this is a pretty amazing coincidence. I was going to talk about this story, which I wouldn't ordinarily talk about, and then coupled with the fact that you're an educator. So. This was <laughs> we didn't I, I just found out. Uh, but so t- tell me a little bit about what you do when you go in a- as an educator and you, you try to talk about these things, because to a certain degree, you want to inspire creativity. You want to inspire individuality. And so those things in and of themselves aren't bad. It's when those things turn to something dangerous or potentially have ramifications that, you know, in, in, in eighth grade or ninth grade was cool. But now all of a sudden I'm applying for a job and that video of me running around with my underwear on, you know, with a firecracker in my butt, that's not so cool anymore. So, you know, talk to me about how, how do you approach that conversation? What kind of methodology do you use? Um, well, we do have some light curriculum that's called social and emotional learning to kind of like teach kids okay. to be better people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is talking about, you know, what is your digital footprint and what is your 
digital right. citizenship that you have an obligation to. Mm -hmm. So we do have those conversations about what you do now can follow you for the rest of your life. And I think as some of that is coming into popular media more mm -hmm. and more with recent things that are happening, <clears throat> uh, kids are starting to take it a little bit more seriously now. Um, because, you know, it was an authority th figure telling you, oh, yeah, this happens and this happens and this happens, but they don't actually hear it from anybody else. Right. So now that it's starting to come up in more places, I think they're taking it a little bit more seriously. But um, what I'm trying to do with them is, of course, inspire them through science. Sure. And as they have those aha moments and different things like that, that's the type of thing that I want them to share and explore rather than doing ridiculous things like you mentioned. So it's also trying to help them find new interests and to inspire them in other ways, too. Okay. So when you, um, you know, because it's interesting that you're, you're a science teacher, and so as you, as you go through this, as if I can twist it just a little bit to kind of bring some of the Linux back into it, you know, as, as you go through, do you find ways that you can talk about Linux, or is it, is it you follow the curriculum so whatever they lay out, that's, that's what you do? Um, well, when I taught high school, I was able to do that a little bit more. Um, okay. In middle school, it's a little over their head, but all of my kids know that I'm a Linux user. Sure, I make okay. that very apparent at the start of the cool, year when I cool. do my little about me and everything. Um, and I also do some physical computing and some real basic coding in class. Awesome. And I always talk about the technologies that drive that forward and how um, you know open source and open hardware is a really important thing in mm -hmm. our uh, community and as part of who we are as like humanity and try to bring that aspect into it a little bit as well. Um, we are an Apple school, so sure. all of our kids have iPads and different things like that. Yep. And it's locked down through like our school management system and all of that stuff too. So when kids run into those limitations, I always, you know, give them that <laughs> spark in the back of their mind, like, you know, it's not always going to be this way, right. especially depending on how you choose your technology. If you go with open source, the sky's the limit, and you know, just keep keep scratching that itch. That's awesome. So, what are some of the reactions that you? I, I'm assuming that there's a there's a large majority, especially in the middle school area, that they're going, well, "That's Linux. We don't know what that is." I mean, that's got to be a, a pretty typical reaction, yeah. Yeah, they they don't really know what it is, but. Um, couple of the kids know about Raspberry Pis. Uh, they hear oh. things from their parents sure. and different things like that. Okay. I've been using um, Arduinos for the last couple of years in class cool. and things like that. So they know the difference from seeing like a microcontroller to a computer and they know yeah. that they're different and they're not quite sure what those differences are, but sure. they're open to learning about them more, especially with the older grades. Like when you get into like eighth grade and ninth grade, they have a better grasp and they have a higher interest level. Sure. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's that's really cool and I just, you know, I commend you for for doing that because if I, I always wish that I would have had I, I you know, going back, I always wanted uh, somebody it didn't necessarily have to be a teacher, but just somebody that I could ask questions to about technology, um, and they would answer them. And I, and I don't. And I'm not trying to brag or boast or anything like that. But the problem, I the brick wall I kept running into, and I feel like there's probably a lot of us, not only in this room but just in this community, probably have hit this at one point or another. We wind up being the smartest person in the room sometimes, and what that ends up doing is it, it stunts your 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 growth to to be able to learn. And and so and that's actually one of the reasons I find Linux fests to be so important um, because they allow us to sit down with people that are way smarter than, than us and exchange ideas. And uh, so Linux Fest Northwest is coming up at the very end of the month. Of course, the Ask Noah Show, Jupiter Broadcasting, will have a booth there. We'll be broadcasting live. Uh, we'll just wave the waitress in. Come on. Come on in. Hang out. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, that's fine. 
Yep, there we go. Yeah, so the um, again, we're live from the Tamarack Tap Room, Woodbury, Minnesota. So uh, we're just uh, we'll just take a second while the uh, while the servers come back and 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 refill the beverages and and appetizers are on me, beverages are on me. If anyone wants to come out, um, again, phone lines are open one eight fifty five four fifty Noah. That's eight five five four five zero six six two four. The email live at asknoahshow.com. I sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, I, I just have one quick thing to add. Sure. Um, I've found people are a little apprehensive if uh, somebody like myself expresses like an enthusiasm for technology. Sure. Like I'll never forget when I was in college, um, I had a writing course that I had to do and I did a whole thing about how schools should be switching to open source. Mm -hmm. And I created a pamphlet explaining the benefits of it and explaining it was open office at the time that was sure. like, super popular and yep. everything. And my professor literally said, okay, you put a lot of effort in this. You worked really hard on it. Nobody's going to listen to you. If you well, go to an administrator and, yeah. and you like pitch this thing, they're gonna be like, "You're a science teacher. Like, why should I take your opinion on this at all?" With anything. Sure. So being able to push changes forward and advocate for different things right. um, has always been a passion of mine. Mm -hmm. And I take every opportunity to kind of get onto tech committees and try to get my voice out there, even mm -hmm. if it's not what they want to hear. That's fantastic. And I, I would like to talk to you more off here about a couple of things that, that we're working on with Ultispeed Technologies and, and get your input on it. Uh, go ahead. I just want to say as as the student who was always trying to work the way work his way around the system, <laughs> I, did, I have a thought because I love your approach so much that you have you you're teaching technological responsibility in addition to encouraging students to kind of explore and look around. And I just want to toss something out there to educators and parents. If you have a child or, or a student, uh, especially a student, that is enthusiastic and maybe wants to work their way around the system, around the restrictions, squashing them may not be the right answer. My personal yeah. opinion, and especially as, an, as a father, right. is encourage them. Give them a redirection. Give them a place mm -hmm. to use that creative outlet because they are going to become the leaders of the future that... That you know, software that hasn't been invented yet, they might be writing it ten well years said. from now. Yeah. So, yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, I, 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 I have dealt with that. You know, as a parent, you know, my my son, he's always pushing the limits on what he can do. Not, not and I don't mean like the technical limits of like what he's capable of. I mean like the limits of like what the rules are. He always wants to push him just a little bit further than he has to. Uh, and and um, what has been what has been frustrating for me as a parent is trying to decide where I draw that line. How much can I let my child experience technology without getting hurt, but at the same time I'm not trading in my parent card, right? And so I, and and so you know he wants to stream, and that's his big thing. I want to stream, Dad. I want to stream. I want to be live on YouTube. And I'm like, well, how about we record the videos and we'll put them in the family Telegram group or something like that, so these people can see it, but it's not actually on YouTube. And um, and so trying to trying to find that balance has been has been a difficult thing. And but I but both of you are absolutely right. And I, like I said, I, I I really commend you for what you're doing with those students. Again, open phones, one eight fifty five four fifty noah That's 855 The email, live at asknoahshow.com. Chaz joins us from New York. Hey, Chaz, welcome to the Ask Noah Show. Hey, Noah, happy birthday anniversary thingy. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Did you hear yourself at the top of the hour? I did not because I was listening to a different podcast that uh, I catch you guys the next day. But uh, Okay, sure. Yeah, no, that... that no, not at all. Yeah, I, I appreciate you leaving a voicemail there. We, for those of you that don't have any idea what I'm talking about, we had asked um, a couple of weeks ago 
if anyone was interested in leaving a voicemail, that we played a montage at the beginning of the hour. Chaz was one of the people that did that, so I just wanted to thank him for that. So how can we help today, Chaz? Well, it's kind of funny. I was listening to User Error over the weekend, which, you know, bravo on all fronts with uh, that episode. Um, and you. it's kind of funny. As I'm trying to uh, find ways to do more with less in terms of camping gear and, uh, you know, other other things of that nature, you're talking about how you have an NVIDIA shield in every room of your house, which I just thought right. kind of funny. So um, yeah. uh, I, uh, since it's the anniversary show and uh, all that, I thought I might kind of put you on the spot with sort of an opposite challenge for you. You get okay. one laptop and, or, or desktop, I guess, and one okay. distro for all eternity. We're going to a desert island with this. What? Okay your ultimate, you know, machine distro pairing, and why? Red Hat, and here's why. I have, I love the folks at Canonical. I love Ubuntu. I use Ubuntu. I have taught my, I have put other people on Ubuntu because I think it's such a great operating system. But at the end of the day, the one, th there, well, there's two things that play into it. One is Red Hat was the first distro that I ever used that really worked well for me on the desktop. I happen to know a lot of the people, and I'm, I'm in communication with them a lot, the people that work at Red Hat, and so I know the direction that they're taking Red Hat. And from a technical perspective, I still run into Red Hat boxes that I set up 15 years ago, and they're still working, and they still and, and we're still able to use them. Now, I'm not suggesting that anyone don't upgrade a box that's 15 years old, but it does technically work. And I have very little confidence that I would that I would be able to use an Ubuntu box 15 years later, or or any distro. I shouldn't pick on Ubuntu. I and and it's quite possible that that uh, you know one of the LTSs would work great. But I that has I've never seen that in my experience. It, it usually is those those machines seem to be the ones that get upgraded for one reason or another. And it seems like my Red Hat boxes, even if they're 15 years old, we can still shoehorn software into them somehow, some way. Uh, and the, the, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just I'm a Red Hat fanboy, I, and I, I'm done hiding it. So <laughs> if I had to pick one distro, it's gonna be Red Hat. All right. And what but, about the machine it's on? Oh, oh, is that part of it too? Man, um, like a specific yeah. model or just a brand or laptop desktop? What are we talking? Uh well, I mean, uh, laptop or desktop, your call. And I guess uh, you know. Really, no restrictions. If you want to say, you know, like what the processor, okay. RAM, uh, the storage combo is, or if you've got a model like the XPS 13 or whatever System 76 is cooking up, that is, uh, okay. you know, exciting. All right, you I see where you're moment. going. It's, you know, All right, well, I, t I tell you what, I would rule out uh, most of the. I would rule out the Galago, and I would rule out the MacBooks and the XPS all for the same reason because they don't have a usable, changeable battery. And if it's a machine I'm carrying for the rest of my life, I want something I can swap. But everyone at the table is like, yup, yup. <laughs> uh, so uh, the, for that reason, I would get rid of the... the um, I, I would eliminate those. I would want something with an externally user-replaceable battery. So that leaves me with uh, the HP ProBook line. That leaves me with the Dell Latitude or Precision line and the Lenovo's. And of those... I'm going to say ThinkPad, oh, if only because they have such a track history of A, working with Linux so well, B, 
again, you go back. What computers are we using today that are 15, 10, 15 years old? I got a guy sitting right next to me who has a 10-year-old 420, or 410. So uh, I don't see a lot of 10-year-old Dells that are still in use. Not to say that they don't exist. I know the D620, D820 was a great model. Um, but for, for those reasons, I think I would probably, uh, I'd probably stick, uh, I'd, I'd stick with Lenovo. All right. Well, it's good to know that I got the same brand as your Desert Island pick, even if I am using There you gold. go. There you go. I appreciate it, Chaz, and thanks again for supporting the Ask Noah show for one year. By the way, I'll just make a, a just a side side rant here because it is a celebration episode, and the, my name's in the name of the show, so I can talk about what I want. Chris and I never talk about camping. We never say that we go camping, right? We never say we go tenting. He travels in his RV, and I have a, a travel trailer I take behind me when I go places. But, so... To anyone out there that's like, that's not really camping, it, 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 we never said it was. It's he, he lives in an RV, so instead of having a house, he has an RV, and he just lives in it. So he treats it like a house, and all the amenities, if he could pack all the amenities we'll run a house into an RV, that's what he does, and I, I do the same in my travel trailer. I don't call it camping, and I do a, a thing every year. In fact, I, hopefully we're going to have a live Ask Noah show from this uh, event. It's called, the, it's called Field Day, and what it is, it's a ham radio event where we try to... Uh, exercise um, oh, are you, oh okay i got two hams sitting next to me and i'm gonna get to the calls in a second so, so don't uh chris and uh, who else is there james stay with me so do you guys participate in field day yeah for sure okay so how do i explain field day uh it's a national uh emergency communications exercise that doubles as a contest and social event so you know we go out to uh, to to a random field as it were uh-huh. you know sometimes they're not as fieldish but we go to a random place and uh, we set up all of our radios and it's a and, and then you try to talk to as many other ham radio stations as you can and we take score based on how many uh, stations you connect to now in a in a perfect world or in a, in a, in, a, in a level playing field everyone would just get one point but we do what we call multipliers so we add points based on how you set up your radio so for example. Do they allow fixed towers? They do, but you're in a different class. Right. Okay. So, the 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 bottom bar- bottom of the barrel is you have a pre-fixed tower, and uh, you plug into AC power and you operate your rig. Well, that's not a that's not. I mean, sure. If there's an emergency, if I suppose if you can happen to find an erected tower, and a uh, and and a, and a power source, then I suppose that's that's an accurate representation. But the reality is, in the emergency world, we try to simulate. You know, we wouldn't have access to that. And so if you have a crank-up tower, well, that you get more points for every contact because you assembled that tower yourself. And if you don't have any tower at all, if you just throw a dipole up uh, and you just have a, you know, a thing between two trees that you shot up with a slingshot, that is more power. If you're running off a generator, that's more. If you're running off a battery, it's more yet. Solar is another thing. And so the, 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 the more, uh, I guess, independent, is that a good way to explain it? More independent you are the more points you get and it, it's it, if anyone is ever interested in ham radio that's the day to get into it because sure. oh yeah so and you so you participate as well yep i'm also a ham radio operator and i go to the same field days that he does oh you do so <laughs> do you guys know each other yeah. yeah okay so i so i have to ask are you guys on the 85 machine once in a while, but okay. that one's so busy yeah. that uh, it's sometimes it's hard to get a word in edgewise. So, f- for those who don't speak ham, there is one of the co- <laughs> <laughs> there is one of the coolest re- anywhere in the country, I'd say, that one of the coolest repeaters. Uh, so it's like a tower. It's, it's like a machine on a tower that that picks up the weaker signals from your handheld radio and then retransmits it to everyone. Um, 
is here in the Minneapolis area, and uh, and anyone that is around here, or or you know, they they're all they have they at least know what the eight five machine is, and uh, and we and when we talk on it, the problem is because it is so ridiculously powerful and so ridiculously well set up, everybody's on it because you can. I mean, I've been. 25 miles out of town and got it on a, on a one watt handheld before. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I mean yeah. it's it's just crazy well set up. Uh, and so and 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 so you usually I mean in my experience anyway, you know, I've gone to the 85 machine and said, "Hey, I want to have a conversation." They say, "Okay, well meet me on this particular repeater and then we move to a different one. We just kind of use it to coordinate." But I understand that the um, the reason I ask about it is because I understand that the the emergency service and the uh, the weather spotting service that runs here, which obviously is a big part of field day, uh, is huge and very structured. You guys participate in that at all? Not really. I don't, but... I have. Um, okay. I get into a little bit of the weather spotting, and I enjoy doing that. Now, I'm not out of the Twin Cities area. I'm actually south, um, but we have an active Skywarn spotter group as well as, um, I guess, a, a local community that we like to get on the air and just jabber about, uh, you know, whatever. We have we have Linux groups to talk about Linux. We have radio groups to talk about radios. Is there, the is there, is there a Linux <laughs> on radio group? There is not in my area. I would okay. love to make one. Yeah, um, call me in. And if anybody wants to kind of get together on one of the linked repeater systems, um, you know, shoot Noah a note. Yeah, um, yeah, please. Or jump in the Telegram Telegram group. My uh, my handle is Bitmux in the Telegram group. Right, Telegram.asknoahshow.com. Yeah, no, that would be great. I, I would. I'd love to be a part of that. In fact, I was looking at um, Yezu has a not again not to get too drug into ham radio, but uh, Yezu has a, um, a, a, a how do how do I describe wires uh, a digital uh, internet connected ability to get ham radios on the internet so that you can connect ham radios from from different places that wouldn't necessarily without having to invest in the antenna infrastructure right instead of putting up a multi-thousand dollar tower and gigantic antennas uh you can grab your handheld radio connected to a local repeater that happens to be connected to the internet pipe it through to someone else's repeater and talk to someone you care about across the country right um, or so start a linux group combine or start a linux group <laughs> combine the magic of the internet and uh, the older well i wouldn't even say older the old school method of just just having a good chat on a party line right of ham radio exactly and uh, you put those two together it sounds like a good time to me yeah, I can reg you with the best of them. That's why I have a radio <laughs> show. I want to take... Oh, There's sorry, go ahead. other technologies that do exactly that same thing within yep. ham radio, like IRLP or Echolink. So interesting thing about IRLP, if anyone wants to see how closely Linux and ham radio are related, go to the IRLP webpage, and they literally, one of the sections on their webpage is why we use Linux and won't use anything else. And you can <laughs> click on it, and they, and they go through and explain like like how people have said, maybe we could port the software to Windows or Mac, and, or the, and they're like, no, we're going to run it on Linux, and here's why. And they give this beautiful explanation of the open source nature and the fact that you know it's reliable and the fact that it can be, you know, you, nobody can take control of the code and all of this great stuff. And so, uh, yeah, but they, they, they want to keep it on Linux. I want to take a call, real, uh, a couple of calls there, stack it up here. Annie is calling from California. Hey, Annie, welcome to the Ask Noah Show. Hi. I got a, I got a question about... Um, I, I used Mate and I've used... Um, uh, what it, oh, they call it Monte, excuse me, and um, mm-hmm. Zubuntu instead of Xubuntu. But now I'm using Lubuntu and... Before, I can always put these little jumper things in the top, I don't know, bar, or what do you call them, sure. bars that go across the top or the bottom. Um, yeah, like a dog. I can't find a way to put my own, yeah, I can't find a way to put my own jumper in the dock in the upper part. I can go into the GUI and, and put programs in there, but only sure. programs that it recognizes. So 
If, yep. a, a good example, my, my specific example is I have a, um, a profile manager for my Firefox, and so I can load my different Firefoxes with the different versions, so I have one for just like for different uses, and mm-hmm. I can put that into the, the, uh, the, the Firefox or the Internet jumper, but I can't make my own jumper. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yes, ma'am. Does that make any yep. sense? What, what makes perfect sense. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely any, does. So, um, is there any yeah, special it's, GUI commands or or, or or line commands in the in the in the terminal? I don't know how to do the terminal. Yeah. I know how to cut and paste. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. So it's, I, I, well, I have good news for you, Annie. It's actually it's actually much easier than that. Um, what you do if you're on Ubuntu Mate is simply right click on the uh, on the bar, and one of the options is to add a new shortcut. And from that new shortcut, you can you can I, I guess you can it'll give you one of the options inside of the new shortcut is the command option. So let's say you want to run a specific version of Firefox, you can give it the path to that specific version of Firefox. Or if you want, even if you wanted it to open like a specific web page, you can give it a specific. You can give it a Firefox, the Firefox command followed by a uh, a parentheses and 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 the web page that you want it to open. Now and and I and I I. I uh, I, I I'm just asking this because I want I want to make sure that we're helping you. Uh, do I to, is it fair to say that you're a fairly new user to Linux? Um, fairly, yeah. I mean, fairly by like three or four years. Um, okay, sure. I, when, every time I went to switch, when they upgraded to a new version of Windows, I, I swore I was going to switch to Linux, but then they cut the bugs out. But Windows 10 just pushed me over the edge. <laughs> Yeah, I hear. <laughs> man, I tell you what, you li- li- listen. You jumped out at the right time. Let me tell you, because there, I, I have people that are that are there. They are, uh, they're talking up a storm. Uh, you know, the customers that I have that are, that are on Windows 10. In fact, I was just uh, having a conversation while I was on the road down here to Minneapolis about uh, a client that is as furious that um, they can't seem to get rid of these Windows 10 updates that go and change their system all the time. So it's it's a really great time. And the nice thing about Mate is it was specifically built. For people that want a consistent, a, a, a consistent interface. In fact, uh, Wimpy goes above and beyond to make sure that whether you're a, you came from a Windows environment, a Linux environment, a macOS environment, you can maintain that look with his with his panel layout. But here's what I was going to offer, Annie. I, I will give you. Uh, I'll put in the show notes step by step directions on how to create that those those icons if you like. If that doesn't work, Annie, what I want you to do is uh, if, if if you if you have some concerns or if you say that that sounds like you know, that could be difficult for me or challenging. We want to make sure that we take care of you, especially on the one-year anniversary of the Ask Noah show. So I'm going to put you back on hold. And if you'd like to, uh, Sarah can pick up and take your email address or phone number, and we will schedule a uh, an UltraSpeed technician to walk you through step-by-step the process uh, or even start a screen share session with you and 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 and, uh, and do it for you. And if that's not interesting or something you're not interested in, uh, just go ahead and feel free to, to, uh, to hang up, and I'll have uh, step-by-step directions for you in the show notes after the show. Uh, Chris is calling from West Virginia. Hey, Chris, welcome to the Ask Noah Show. Happy birthday! <laughs> no, no, it's not my birthday, but... Uh, yeah, hey, man, it's a happy one-year anniversary. How are you doing? Noah Show birthday. It's the birthday I'm sitting of the with Noah your... Show. Anniversary, okay. It, that's true. That's true. The birthday of the Ask Noah Show. I'm sitting with your counterpart here, from another for, uh, another fellow educator from the uh, from the state of Minnesota. Well, you know, I was looking for a reason to call, and he and the other gentleman that made a comment are the reason I'm calling. Okay, he's. You know, uh, you know, it's funny. To, off the off mic, uh, 
Chris, I got to tell you, off mic, I, I'm sitting here, and uh, and as soon as I said, uh, you know, your, your part, he looks over me, he's like, is that Chris DeLuca? I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to do a, to say, you know, good on him for, for how he's doing, and, and, and you can't start with these kids too young. I'm not an educator. I'm a I'm a, an IT administrator for one of the the counties here in West Virginia. Yeah, but you know you know you know what I mean. You're you're one of the people that facilitates oh, yeah, kids yeah. getting an education. You do a darn good job of it, so don't sell yourself short. Well, well, thank you. But what I was going to say is we have uh, to the my comment is more to the gentleman who who said that he was the one who tried to circumvent the system. Uh huh. We have uh, we have a lot of middle schoolers who who apparently get bored, and so they like to pick the keys off the Lenovo laptops and. And, no, you know, we spent a lot of time replacing cheap. Oh, yeah, it's bad. So <laughs> it, we we were sarcasm font off. In, it, right, <laughs> we were piloting a program in this past. Oh, excuse me, in in one of our high schools, and uh, uh, one of my counterparts in the county um, actually has an IT staff made up of students. They have taken taking the role he, he interviews them like a job he treats them like uh, actual co-workers on a job yes sir no mm-hmm. sir uh they they have taken the responsibility of the laptops from a student perspective to the next level you know they actually are wow. watching other students say hey don't treat the machines like that i have to fix that and, and, <laughs> and it's, and it's, seriously but when you have one of your peers saying stop damaging the school equipment, it's a lot different than when you have a principal or, or a teacher saying stop damaging the school equipment. Well, and when you have and, the, uh, when it, you it, have it, one, it, when they have to like you said when they have to fix it, all of a sudden they have a personal vested interest in keeping those computers. And it's a matter of pride too, right? Because they you know they're the ones that set up twenty five of those things, and now all of a sudden they're getting picked apart or whatever, right? Well, absolutely. Uh, it, it's it's just. When you get the kids involved on on a different level than just trying to shove information down their throat, it seems that they take to it more. Um, and sure. so, you know, you, you said my counterpart there, the way he is approaching that. We've got another teacher in the county that kind of does the same thing. Uh, he's brought Raspberry Pis into the classroom and he's done programming with the, with the students, and it, it's it's just amazing when you see. I mean, I I, I messaged you earlier about a, a middle schooler who's working with OBS, who got the green screen working. Right, yes, yeah. you want to talk about that? I guess there's not much else to say. Uh, well, honestly, um, because of the strike that happened here, um, a lot of the schools are in spring break, but a lot of the schools aren't. But they're not sure. holding it against the students, so if the parents wanted to go, they, they, they let them have the days. Well, uh-huh. there are so few kids in the school, some of them are running around, and one just happened to be running around with... Uh, one of the custodians, and uh-huh. he came into our shop, and he recognized me. He didn't know who I was, and he started calling me every name in the book, and then he said, big bald guy in the corner. Well, finally, I just <laughs> said, yeah. and he, says, he says, you're the one that set up the, the, the broadcasting machine, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he starts asking me, he wants, he wants a, a mirrored screen of the OBS screen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, okay, sure. why? He says, we, we want to do the weather. We want to have a weatherman, and he needs to be able to see what he sees and not the 10-second or 5-second lag. And yeah. I'm like, okay, uh, meet me in there at 2 o'clock. And he says, okay. So I go over there at 2 o'clock, and I set it up, and he starts showing me everything he's done and the green screen, and he's got multiple backgrounds now. And I'm like, show me how you did that. 
And he's like, oh, sure, no problem. And he starts pointing and clicking and making a new one. And, and I said, you know, the high school's not doing this yet. He says, they will be next year. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I've got a guy that would love to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, maybe I can get him on the show with you. Yeah, yeah, you know, parental consent but, and all that stuff was notwithstanding. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's just it, when you get them involved and, and you see their eyes open up and, and and he doesn't even know what Linux is. I, I had to explain to him the difference between a, a GIF and a JPEG. Sure. He's like, uh, look, if you can if you can explain it to me like farm implementation, then I'll understand right. you. So I had to break it down. So, so here's the here's the million dollar here's the million dollar question I got to ask Chris before I move on. If you set this guy straight, or if you set him on a path that's going to lead him to self destruction and and you know the eventual annihilation of our species, did you pronounce it GIF or JIF? <laughs> I pronounced it GIF. GIF is a peanut okay, butter. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Now he's right. He's right. That's it's the guy's the name. Very yeah. right. Yeah, he's a, the guy that invented it actually says it's, uh, that's not correct, but he's, he doesn't know what he's talking about. So. <laughs> that's really great, though. <laughs> well, that's great, Chris. Well, I, I appreciate it. And, yeah, no, I, I, I think, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know exactly how we would structure this or even how I the, <laughs> the uh, my producer's probably going to fall out of his chair when I say this, but I'd love to do an episode just on kids and technology and 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 things that that educators can do and things that educators are doing and cool things that work cool things that don't work because i i have a suspicion and i, I i've heard this both of you have kind of kind of said this in, in roundabout ways kids tend to work better when they're when when it's people that are when there's not a versus mentality, when when the people that are making those decisions are people that are approaching it from their point of view, with their interest, with their value set in mind, and not this top-down approach of, here's what this board has decided is valuable for kids to learn because we want to make them productive members of society, and so we need to teach them Microsoft Office, and we have to teach them macros, and we have to teach them web design, and we have to teach, which is the stuff that I learned when I wanted to go learn about computers, and I, I would have loved to sit down and play with a Raspberry Pi or an Arduino, and I never had that opportunity. I had the opportunity to go learn how to, um, uh, you know, make tables inside of Excel and do calculations, and all of that stuff would have been very useful had I become a certified accountant. Be it as it may, I did not become a certified accountant, and it has proven it's to, 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 to be totally worthless. So I, I'm really thankful that there are people like you guys that are out there that are doing those things um, and making a difference in kids' lives. And uh, a huge thanks to everybody that... Uh, okay, oh, I'm just <clears throat> looking at messages that are coming in here. And a huge thanks to all of you that uh, that have been part of the Ask Noah show. Uh, James, Ohio... Do we got you? Yeah, okay. James, uh, Idaho, welcome to the Ask Noah Show. I got about a minute. Oh, well, you probably won't be able to get it done. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, do you know anybody that you might know, you can tie me up later, you can share out my email. Uh, I need to know how you can fix, uh, not fix, change the KDE newest version splash screen because all it seems to have in it now is splash screen on and splash screen off. Mm, okay. Yeah, I don't. Off the top of my head, James, I don't know the answer to that question, but I will. Uh, I, there's a bunch of people in the Ask Noah Show Telegram group, telegram.asknoahshow.com, so I'll ping them and see if they have any answers for you, as well as obviously every time we talk about something in the show, then, you know, somebody writes in. 
Hey guys, did you know this show is available as a downloadable podcast? That's right. To subscribe to the feed or download the latest episode, visit podcast.asknoahshow.com. While you're there on the Ask Noah dashboard, help us improve the show. If you have an idea how to make the show better, head over to asknoahshow.com slash better and let us know how we can make the show better. Join the ongoing discussion at telegram.asknoahshow.com. As always, you can get the latest information by following us on Twitter at AskNoahShow. The Ask Noah Show continues next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central. A huge thanks to Fox Telson for providing our phone system. 